Once again, it's a big pleasure to welcome you to Value Nigeria with Ajibola. On this podcast, we are determined to learn from the very best value investors on the planet and apply our newfound knowledge to profitably invest in the Nigerian market. Last week, we completed a two-part series on competitive advantages. This week, we move on to the third principle outlined by Charlie Munger in his famous BBC interview. Quoting Charlie, quote, We would vastly prefer a management in place with a lot of integrity and talent. End of quote. Our focus this week is on company management. First, I'm not on the management board of any company just yet. Realizing this, I'll approach today's topic with a lot of respect for management-grade staff of companies. I truly appreciate what they do, but as investors, we have the responsibility to critically appraise their performance and make judgment calls on their actions or their inactions. Having sounded that caveat, I'll dive right into the meat of our discussion. Now, all companies are owned by shareholders. The shareholders contribute the capital or the equity which was used to found and finance the business. The number of shareholders may reach hundreds of thousands or even millions. Each of these shareholders have ideas, plans and visions that they hope their company can achieve. If the company listens to and follows the diverse wishes of its millions of shareholders, it will all be movement in a million different directions without any meaningful progress. Too many cooks does spoil the broth indeed. How then is this problem solved? Shareholders look for capable hands, people with a proven track record, and then hand over the reins of running the company to them. This group of people are who we call the management team. They do not necessarily have to hold stock in the company. They are basically employed by the company and its shareholders to run the company in the most profitable way possible. They are accountable to the shareholders. Why does who you choose to manage your company matter? The first reason is that a mediocre management team will make poor decisions which will eventually lead to mediocre profitability. This will in turn lead to a stagnant or a declining share price. The second reason is that management is closer to the company purse than the owners of the company are and they can enrich themselves at the expense of the shareholders. What then is the duty of company management? They ensure smooth daily running of the company on behalf of the shareholders. They ensure that the company assets are put to the most rewarding and most profitable use. And they ensure that the company remains solvent and is not at risk of going under. As an investor, you have to assess how well your company management is performing. This can be quite delicate as your personal bias and skewed opinion may lead you astray if you do not objectively assess them. So what can we do when trying to assess management? This actually is our focus for today. Well, let's go back to what Charlie Munger said about management. He gave two yardsticks by which we can assess company management. They are integrity and talent. 
In one of the early episodes of the podcast titled 10 Commandments of Wealth and Living a Fulfilled Life, we define the integrity as the ability to bring one's words to reality. You want to be able to take management's words at face value. They should not be in the habit of saying one thing but doing another. Integrity is a firm adherence to a code of moral or artistic values. How does one assess management for integrity? This is quite a big task, but I'll share a few strategies that other investors use and we can practically do. Philip Fisher, who is the author of the legendary book Common Stock and Uncommon Profits, wrote about what he called scuttlebutt. This is the process of going to talk to clients, staff, suppliers, neighbors, competitors, and basically anybody with information about a company. It's a good tool in researching a company or its management. Lilu, a value investor I respect and the founder of Himalaya Capital, made a lot of money when he bought Timberland shares at a relatively low price and sold for a huge profit later on. Before he bought it due, he thoroughly investigated the chief executive officer of the company for his integrity. He did this by scuttlebutt. He went to the CEO's neighborhood and church to ask people about what kind of a man the CEO actually was. He bought a stake in the company only after he was convinced that the CEO was a man of high integrity. Things you'll be interested in finding out about the management of any company include but are not limited to the following. Number one, what do the staff of the company say about the management team? A good site to get information such as this is from www.glassdoor.com. Number two, read every article the CEO has ever written. Do you like what he's saying? How do his words come across to you? Another thing you can do is to watch YouTube videos where the CEO was interviewed and then you can assess him. You should also read annual reports over the preceding five years. What promises did the CEO make five years ago? Did they keep their words? Did he or she give progress reports on these promises as time went by or did they ignore those promises like they were never made? You should also listen in on conference call recordings over the past few years. Does the CEO admit where they went wrong? Is he or she honest? Did they shy away from some difficult questions asked there? Does the management own shares in the company? What percentage of total holdings are owned by the management? Are they actively increasing their holdings? The next question you should probably ask is, what is the salary of the management staff and how does this compare with the average company staff salary? Is there any other method by which management is compensated aside from their salary such as stock options? Answers to these questions give you an idea of how honest and principled the CEO and management team is. In the end, you have to come to a conclusion about the integrity of the management. Make sure you do not come to a biased conclusion. Now, kindly note that some CEOs are very good at talking. 
They are smooth talkers. They are quite charismatic and very likable. They talk eloquently and you will be tempted to even have them marry your child. This is a good treat as it improves interpersonal skills. However, don't fall for their charm. You are assessing their character and not their eloquence. Talent, on the other hand, is a special and often athletic or creative aptitude at doing something. Management needs to be skillful at doing their job of running the company. They need to be good leaders, delegate appropriately, have good interpersonal skills, and generally should be likable. How does one assess the skill level of management? Now, the main job of the CEO and management is to deploy company assets to the most profitable ventures. This is known as capital allocation. These decisions ultimately lead to profits or losses now or in the future. Now, broadly, there are two ways to assess the skill level of management. The first I'd like to talk about is to review the profitability of the company through various lenses. You want to look at the return on equity, the return on assets, the return on invested capital. How do these figures trend over the past five years? Are they trending up? Are they largely staying the same? Or are they declining? Competent managers presiding over a company with competitive advantages should basically have their profitability on an upward trend. If the company can maintain a consistent and high return on invested capital, then the management is definitely doing something right. The second yardstick that we can use to assess the skill level of the management is how much depth the company carries. Now, I understand this is quite a controversial metric, but I believe a company that is loaded with debt has terrible management, as management is the one that makes the decision to borrow. Think of a company as a little campfire. To get the fire going, you add tinder gently and fan the flames. This gentle tinder is equity. A shortcut, however, to getting the flames raging is to add some gasoline. Gasoline makes the flames burn hot and fast. This gasoline is depth. With a little gasoline at the right time, you can actually rekindle the flame when it is burning out and there is no tinder nearby. If you however get greedy and use a large dose of gasoline, you can actually lose control of the flames, end up with an inferno and get badly burnt. This exactly is the story of debt. A little well-timed debt can be company saving, while a large dose of debt is a bad sign that things can go downhill really fast at any point in time. The level of indebtedness of any company is measured using ratios such as the current ratio, debt to equity ratio, debt to earnings, debt to free cash flow, and so on. How does your company fare on all these metrics? Is management rightly utilizing debt or are they loading debt onto the company? Answers to all these questions will give you a fair idea as to how well management is performing both in integrity and in talent or skill.
Kindly check the show notes to this episode to find a link to some materials and books where you can read further about all the ratios we talked about and all the profitability measures. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Value Nigeria with Ajibola. Your feedback is highly important. We would love to hear from you.